I've been a part of two meaningful parades in my life as a spectator. That's what today's gospel is in so many ways. It's a a parade. And the first came several years ago. It was kind of a a day like this, rain and cold. And it was a, a parade, a hard parade, as we welcomed home Army Specialist Joey Riley. He was killed in Afghanistan a week before his deployment ended. And he was on his way home under the banner of freedom he fought and died to protect. And there were tens of thousands of people in our community lining the streets. As every police firefighter, all of the, the, the vehicles from within a hundred mile radius led the parade. We lined the streets waiting to pay our respects to Army Specialist Riley. Everything as you would imagine being this, the height of Military precision was timed to a T. When he landed, the procession, the drive. We, we didn't want to stand out in the rain, in the cold, and so we had people that were going to call us and let us know when, when it was time to go stand along the side of the road. And as he passed by, with our church tower bell tolling, we gave thanks for Army Specialist Riley. It was incredibly moving and powerful. The second meaningful parade that I spectated was far different. It was in Nekimte, Ethiopia. A small, not small, a village with about a million people in the western part of the country. But village is probably the right description of it. And I had driven in the day before for some teaching things. And the day of this parade was that there was a murmur around the village. There was excitement, there was energy because their long-lost son was coming home. You've met him, he's preached here, Dr. Gementius Buba. He grew up in Nekimte. His dad was a preacher in Nekimte. His dad was arrested by the communist regime in Nekimte. And because of that and so many other reasons, our brother Gementius hadn't been back home in 30 years. But today was the day. But as you might guess, in Nekimte, Ethiopia, precision was not <laughs> the name of the day. And so there was excitement, there was energy, there was, we don't want to miss it. And so for much of the day, 
tens of thousands of people lying in the streets, waiting. Waiting. They had no idea when he was going to come. But they were all waiting with anticipation for the opportunity to see their dearest brother come back home. And as he drove past, the people waved and the children ran behind his car for miles to celebrate. There's a parade coming. That's what today's gospel is. There is a parade coming, and the question is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are your affairs in order? Right? We just celebrated Veterans Day. We just honored and and prayed over our veterans. The, The thing that our military do before they go on deployment is they get their affairs in order. They make sure everything is arranged for their departure for their service, and they get their things in order in case, like Army Specialist Riley, they come home under their banner of freedom. The story of today's gospel is about a wedding banquet. That language is very particular in Scripture. It's talking about the return of Jesus and that the best image we have of what heaven will be like, and I love this, is a wedding feast, a party. Isn't that beautiful? The image we have of heaven is not angels playing harps on clouds, but it is a party. Have you been to a wedding party? There is music, there is dancing, there is laughter, there is fun, there is joy unending. This is the image we have. And so today, as we read this parable and and the ones over the next couple weeks are are really about this celebration of heaven, but... But, but in the real sense, uh, the, the judgment that comes with it, and that, that's the word. What, what, is, what, is, what happens? What is it like when Jesus returns? What happens before the party starts? And the question for us this morning is, are you ready for it? Are your priorities straight? B- because this parable is a parable with a warning, but also a promise. There's good and there's bad. Are you ready for it? What do you want? You want the good? Or do you want the bad? As I hinted at a couple weeks ago, as I wrote about in our uh, newsletter, uh, much of November, the rest of November, we're going to be looking at the, the topic, the concept of stewardship. 
right? And we say that word in the church and everybody immediately reaches for their pocketbook, myself included, right? Because we have come to equate that when we talk about stewardship, we're talking about your money. And that's a portion of it. But stewardship, the best understanding of what stewardship is, it's everything we do with our lives after, by the grace of God, we say, I believe. Stewardship is the same as discipleship. It's how you live. Are you living with your priorities straight? Are you living according to what God is calling you into? All that you have, all that you are, are you using it to the Lord? Right? I, I'm, I'm not a veteran, and so part of this is conjecture on my part, but I would imagine in some conversations I've had with those who serve and have served, is that there's a, a reality when a serviceman or woman goes overseas to serve, that so much of who they are and what they do and what they're about is waiting and longing to get back home, right? That, that in some ways there's an eye on home, but, but you can't really have an eye on home or a foot back at home because then you're not really good wherever you are and doing whatever you're doing. And so there's a reality that the best way, the most hope-filled way to, to get what your heart desires to return home to your loved ones is, is to put everything you have and everything you are and to embrace all of your training and do the job that you were trained to do. And therefore do it well and do it successfully so you can head home. Pour all you have into the task in front of you so that you can do not the most important thing that's in front of you, but the most important thing that's deep in your heart. Go to where you belong. This is going to beep at me until it stops. Sorry. I'm fine. Right? That the best way that you can get your longing and your heart's desire is by pouring everything you have to what's right in front of you. That, that's stewardship. That, that's our life in Christ. That's discipleship. That's, that's what it is. It means taking everything that we are, everything that we have, and, and pouring it fully into the Lord's hands so that you're ready when the parade comes. You're ready to enter the feast. Stewardship is everything we do with our lives after we say, I believe. For us today, it's about oil, right? The bridesmaids. Half are wise, half are foolish, half have oil, half don't. Half came prepared, half didn't. Half had their life together and ordered and knew what they were going into, and, and half didn't. Which do you want to be? You want to be a fool? Or do you want to be wise? 
It says that, uh, you know, part of, part of the reality here is that the bridegroom, right, that's always Jesus, was delayed. That, that's something you need to know about our Lord. Right? If this whole parable to some degree is about judgment, one of the first characteristics that we need to know about who God is, is he, through scripture, always delays his judgment. Think about Noah and how long God waited for the flood. God delays his judgment. He delays his coming. And so we need to be ready. Just like they were in Nekimpte. We don't know the time. We don't know the hour. So we need to live ready to celebrate. Isn't that beautiful? It says when the, the, the time came, it says that they trimmed their lamp, right? And, and, and lamp there, it could mean like a, a lamp like this. It could have been a torch, could have been a, di- a variety of different things. But the, the point was that you needed oil to make it burn and you needed to trim it. You need to make it ready. And the, the Greek word there for trimmed is the same word that we get for, ready for this, cosmetics, <laughs> Right? which has the same root word for cosmos, world. They had to order their lamp. They had to make it in order. They had to get it ready. In other words, they had to get it adorned. They had to make it ready for things to come. My question for us this morning is, is your life ordered for the coming of Jesus? Is your life in order? Is it adorned with the gospel? Do you live not with your head buried in the scripture all day? That's not what it means. It means do you live your life with the scripture in your heart so that when you go out, you become the Bible that people read? That as you live and as you interact with people, are you ordered... Is your life adorned that people might look at you and say, there's something different about how you live? There's something different about how you talk. There's something different. You know, what I know about Christians is, man, they are judgmental and I want nothing to do with them. There's something different about you. You're real. You're authentic. You love. Your life is called to be ordered with Jesus, adorned with Jesus. Now, some might say uh, when, when, when the bridegroom was coming and the, the, the foolish one said, well, give us some of your oil. We want some of your oil, and then we can have all of us have some oil. And wh- why aren't you giving us some of your oil? And, man, that can sound rude, doesn't it? No, I'm going to keep mine. The, the reality here is that the reason... That the, 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 the uh, bridesmaids didn't share their oil was not because they were being rude, but because their eyes were on the bridegroom. And they were part of a parade. And if they would have shared their oil, everybody would have had half, and the lights would have gone out as they were walking towards the party. Their focus was on Jesus. 
The problem was the fools were focused on themselves. Stewardship is ordering our lives that our eyes look to Jesus. What does it mean to live our lives all in on Jesus? So much of today is focused on this. But here's the problem. That's hard. Amen? Oh, come on. That's hard, isn't it? Right? People make me angry sometimes, and I don't respond very Jesus-y. Amen? I am selfish. There are times when, gosh darn it, I am lazy. In fact, I texted my, we- my wife on Friday, and I said, I could go do this, but I'd much rather come home and be lazy. Is that okay? She said yes. Right? Right? There's a reality that we are called to be stewards of all that God has and all that God has given us, and we're called to focus on Jesus, but man, I get distracted, amen? So what do we do when we mess it up? What do we do when we fail? What do we do when we get it all backwards? What do we do when we're fools? We trust Jesus. We trust Jesus. As I shared, I was with uh, Bishop Dan Selbo this week, and he uh, shared some thoughts on this, and I'm going to share the the story that he shared. And it was the, the story of the conversation that he had with his father near the end of his father's life. In fact, it was three days before his dad passed away. His dad was uh, a pastor as well, was a dear mentor, you know, a loving father, all those things, and, and, and mostly, as, as Bishop Selbo shared, a, a one who our bishop looked to as an example of how to live and how to lead and how to pastor others. And so at this time, uh, Bishop Selbo's father was still able to speak, but not a lot. And I want you to hear in this exchange honesty, and hope. Honesty and hope. We're sitting there, his father is in the bed. The bishop looks at his dad and says, so dad, do you think there's golf in heaven? I hope so. But the hole's in the center of the greens. His dad said, Bigger holes. <laughs> Hope. <laughs> and then our bishop looked at his dad and said, Dad, you've been a great dad to me. His father responded, I hope so. And he said to him, You've been a great mentor to me. He responded by saying, I've tried. 
And he looked upon his father and he said, there is a place waiting for you in heaven because of Jesus. And his dad responded, I know. I know. As it lives with our stewardship, have you been ordering your lives according to the ways of Jesus? I hope so. I've tried. But when it comes to the fact that you are invited in, the door is open for you to enter into the banquet of the Lord to celebrate for all eternity because of Jesus. We can declare, not I hope so, not I tried to do my best, because of Jesus, we can say together, I know. In the name of Christ, amen.